Inside Speedway is brought to you by P1 Australia and by Speedway Classics Magazine, on sale now. From the dirt tracks across Australia, welcome to Inside Speedway with Dennis Newman and Craig Revelle. Dennis, it's great to have you back on the show, and what a show it is this week. We've got three national champions, but two of them are current in that we're speaking to Darren Kane. We're also speaking to Rob Rawlings, and what an interview that was we did on Sunday. And we've got James McFadden joining us on the show, the World Series Sprint Car winner. But as we've already mentioned, two of the Australian titles, we do have one other to mention, and that was the wingless 360s. Yeah, and, and a good friend of mine too, um, Brett Milburn, uh, took out the 360 National Sprint Car title. And I'll tell you a quick story about uh, Brett. Um, some years ago, around, I guess, the year 2000, uh, I was at Nyora Speedway, and uh, Nyora has a two-seater sprint car ride. And uh, they, uh, Brett um, gave me the opportunity to be his riding passenger, I guess you could say, in a two-seater sprint car around Nyora and if there's any indication the way he drove it that day I can see why he's the 360 national sprint car champion <laughs> uh, but congratulations to him the Milburn family of course uh, uh, synonymous with uh, particularly Victorian speedway racing so a, a good effort uh, and well deserving he, I know he's long for a major breakthrough into national uh, ratings as far as an Australian title is concerned and uh Paul Marks, a great drive from all accounts. Yeah, it was uh, great news for everyone who was part of the show. Now, Lismore is the next of the Australian titles that are up. Yes, so this coming Saturday night, in fact, um, March 14, uh, the Australian RSA Junior Sedan Championship. Now, they've got two major events. It's a blockbuster, actually. Firstly, looking at the Australian Junior Sedan Championship, um, Racing Sedans Australia, RSA, um, putting this together under their sanction. And um, there's, there's a couple of Lismore young fellas who uh, really know how to drive. Um, Brock Youngbury and Riley Smith. Now, they're level pegging almost uh, right throughout the season in the track championship. So uh, they're very good friends off the track. So uh, this rivalry on the track, will certainly, I'm quite sure, be um, fought out for the Australian Championship honours. Um, a good roll-up of cars. There's 25 junior sedans entered from Queensland, New South Wales. Um, so the, uh, the line-up is very strong, but, but it, it's the, um, the locals, the local youngsters. And Jaden Santin is another one. Um, son of Mick Santin, who's driven wingless uh, sprint cars in a variety of different categories over the years at Lismore Speedway. So those three, because of their standing in the track championship, would would be the pre-race favourites. But it, but it'll be a great event. The youngsters really turn it on. Lismore really suits them. So I think you'll see a great race. Now, the other big event, um, Craig, is... Um, the Production Sedans East Coast Grand National. Now, this race carries a great deal of history at Lismore. It was first run in 1975 
and a well-known name from down your part of the world, Craig, David House, was the inaugural winner. But footnote to that, the Grand Marshal for Saturday night at Lismore is none other than David House. So it's going to be a great night of nostalgia for David, and I'm quite sure that this uh, production today and the East Coast Grand National will carry on the great tradition of some great winners over the years of this race. John Cartwright, Alan Butcher, um, John Leslie, the names are fabulous, and it's a great race, a great annual event. Um, now, uh, a highlight of it will be the appearance of the reigning Australian um, production sedan champion, Joel Berkeley from, uh, from Queensland. The lineup, Chris Pagel, who last weekend at the Mother Mountain Speedway at Gympie took out the Queensland production sedan championship. So he's in form. He's got to come into the reckoning. And I'm quite sure you'll see a, a very, very competitive race. Uh, it will be it will be a very good race. There's no question of this. And um, David Lander uh, will present a show that not only is a blockbuster, but um, if the weather's right, I think you'll get a very big crowd there because yeah. everyone remembers David House. He is the one and only. That is the truth. Dennis, you've been in the game a bit longer than I have, but I don't think we've ever done an interview between us in the birthing suites of a hospital. But that's where we find the Australian Legend Cars champion who on Sunday following his victory is waiting. Now, I think Rob Rawlings for your first child. Yep, that's correct, first child. Yeah, well, congratulations. It was, it, it must be a surreal 24 hours winning the title straight back to Canberra and now waiting for the birth of uh, your first child. Yeah, it's been um, a big um, 24 hours, that's for sure. Um, it was a big night on Saturday and then drove straight home, had three hours sleep and straight to hospital. So it's been a, a pretty hectic 24 hours. John Egan goes past you in the dying, well, in the latter stages of the race and the yellow comes out. What goes through your mind? Uh, finally some luck had gone my way for once in one of these Australian titles. Um, normally it always goes the other way. Um, so I was glad to see that yellow come when it did before we'd completed a lap. So that meant that he ended up coming back behind me. Um, and then I knew that he was right there and um, went a bit more into defensive mode and was going to make him nervous for it. Congratulations, Rob, uh, on both counts, actually. Um, last night, of course, what's happening very soon, I would imagine. Um, well done. Um, you just mentioned then about some of the things that have happened to you in national titles. Can you just give us a quick overall summary of some of the good and bad luck you've had prior to last night? Yeah, no worries at all. Um, last uh, three Australian titles before this one, I've been up with a the second, um, a third and a second. So I've been very close. Um, one of one when I got third, I um, missed the heat because of some electrical issues and ended up having to come from the B main. Um, so that was a, a lot of work. I had to come through from the rear of the field from the A main. So I um, managed to get up to third. And one of my second places, I was running in third and with um, sort of being six laps to go, I got sort of... Um, Punted off the track when a bloke's motor let go and he's going to turn off the track and I was coming up on the outside of him. Um, so that put me back to 15th, 16th and had to work me back with six laps to go and ended up getting up to second. So 
I've sort of had to work really hard to get all these other positions. Um, so it was nice to start up the front and have it a bit easier this time. Um, everything seemed to go my way um, on Saturday night, so it was it was really good. You had a bit of a battle in the earlier heats there. I know that uh, you had to drop back to last on a restart. What were your thoughts then? Yeah, there was a bit of swearing going on when that one happened. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just sort of got a bit tangled up where I've uh, gone and set my car up to come underneath the bloke. It was like he must have hit a bit of a rut and come down on him and um, sort of swiped down the front and took me out. So I was deemed the cause of the accident, so I got sent to the rear. Um, so... And not too many I mean, laps to go. No, nah, there wasn't that many laps to go, but I ended up working my way back up to fifth. Um, so if I'd sort of finished where I was, which was third or second, I probably would have um, been off pole, but um, being off second was good enough. Um, you, you, you've just said about your placings. Uh, do you ever feel like this morning when you uh, or today uh, that you've kind of got the monkey off your back? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a good statement of how to put it. Um, it's been a yeah, it's been good, but frustrating in a way to be so close so many times um, and not come away with the win. Um, so yeah, it was really good for the sponsors that have been supporting me and um, my family has actually come away with that number one spot. You're a third generation driver. Bob was in the you well a legend of trialee and running primarily what in the uh, the sedans. Then you had both Mick and uh, Rob uh, Robbie were running compact speed cars primarily, but uh, you know with great success there. You've chosen the legend car path. Is there a particular reason why? Um, yeah, well, I've got a uh, compact speed car as well. Um, but one of the reasons I love about the um, legend cars is it's a controlled category. So money doesn't make you go faster. Everyone's got the same stuff you got out there. So that's one of the reasons I really like that category. Um, no one's got a big advantage over anyone. It all comes down to how you set up the car and how you drive it. If you talk about so, Canberra Speedway royalty, you're definitely uh, looking at a podium with some great names there because Bob Rawlings would have been driving cars that had John Egan prepared engines in them back in the Burko days. Yeah, he definitely would have. Um, so it's, yeah, it's good to be around those same sort of people that were around there and just different generations, basically. Uh, because as you know, once speedways in your blood, it's hard to get out of it. How many years have you been driving legend cars, uh, Rob? Um, I think this would be my sixth season. Um, so I was in them before they had Australian titles. Uh, so we had like an Australian championship, um, and I won a couple of them um, early on in the first couple of years, I think the second and third year of my career, um, which was really awesome. That gave me an opportunity to go to America. Um, went out to America and represented Australia in their nationals, and we done really well there too. Um, and we ended up coming away with second in the US nationals. Um, that was a great experience, being able to go over to America with my dad and um, sort of enjoy that aspect of it and have him there um, and doing so well. So that was a really great opportunity that Legend Cars Australia provided. Yeah, certainly uh, it, it is. It's, it's a well-run organisation, Legend Cars Australia, John Dennehy and his crew. And, and I would have really imagine that not only you said about the um, standard of equipment, everyone's equal, but I... From what I can see, and I've had a bit to do with John Denny, uh, it, it is well run. It's a well run class. 
Yeah, it definitely is. Um, there's definitely um, a lot of advantages. There's a lot of work put behind the scenes, and like they've got a um, a parts car nearly at every single um, meet, so they've got a van all stepped out with spare parts. So if something goes wrong, you can just go up and get some spare parts. Don't end up having to carry a big inventory of spare parts to go racing. Um, so that also cuts down a lot on the cost because you only got to keep what um, your real basics basically, and anything you need, you can get. Um, and get sent to bill later on. So that's sort of pretty unique within the racing sort of scene. So that's a really great thing. And they do a really good job of organising it and promoting the um, legend cars and makes it a really good, easy series to uh, compete in. So how many more races or are you going to be a, a, you know, I saw the car already looked like it had Australia one decked out on it. So um, are you going to be running that number and, and doing the rest of the races available this this summer? Um, yeah, I'll probably I will run the number. Um, I'll probably end my season a little bit earlier than I normally would, um, just to take some time off with the bub that's about to arrive. But, but my wife's really good and very supportive. Um, so she was actually meant to get induced yesterday, but um, she ended up getting the doctors to give her a little, a little bit of grace and um, change it to... The next morning, so I could go racing at the title. Um, but I'll probably do uh, probably another couple of this season, uh, maybe the couple up at Parramatta, um, and that'll be it for me. Um, we'll take it, take it back and strip it all down and really do what I want to do to the car because I haven't even owned this car very long, really. I've probably done five races or so in it. Um, so it hasn't been set up 100% to what I want, but that's the good thing about the class. Um, you can sort of jump into any car and they're all the same. So, you know, your good basic setup, you can whack it in there and go out and be competitive. Well, Rob, congratulations. It's a, a big 24 hours, as we mentioned, and we've caught you there. Uh, well, at, at an opportune time because I reckon life's going to get even busier come uh, a few yeah, hours' time. Definitely will. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'll just be able to give a shout-out to my sponsors that have been supporting me for... Um, for the last few years, um, so I wouldn't be able to do it without them. Um, that'd be LA Racing Lubricants, Century Batteries, Basics, Blinds, Awnings, Shutters and Curtains, Cookie Monster Signs and Design, Maddie's Truck Repairs, and JR's Welding and Custom Fabrication. And a series sponsor for Legend Cars this season, who puts in to help out with providing all the events, has been Norell and Powder and Company. Um, without all those people, um, it'd make it very difficult to do what I've been doing. Well, uh, Rob, and again, congratulations uh, on both counts. And, and I think, Craig, you said at the beginning of our show, this is probably a first. <laughs> I think it is, absolutely. Probably for any Speedway show on any radio station in any country in the world. <laughs> An interview <laughs> from the maternity section of a hospital. <laughs> yeah, it definitely would be a first, I think. Rob, all the very best and congratulations once again. Thank you very much. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Dennis. Inside Speedway is brought to you by P1 Australia and by Speedway Classics Magazine, on sale now. James McFadden joins us here on Inside Speedway. And, well, last race out is what everyone remembers you for, and it was a big one. It was a win at the Cricky event over there in Bunbury. Congratulations, James McFadden. Thanks, mate. It was uh, it's always an honour to win that race. It, you know, I was... Pretty close with with uh, Shane and uh, and the Cricket family. I've obviously been fortunate enough to to drive their car and um, yeah, to pick pick my second Cricket Boys win up, uh, third sorry is 
is really cool. You had a great time in the West, didn't you? You had you you wrapped up the World Series, and then a couple of weeks later, you go back and win the the Cricky Boy Shootout. Yeah, it's, it's been a hell of a year, to be honest, mate. But yeah, we are. You know, even outside of those races, we we never finished off the the podium in WA. So um, it was always good to to have a good result in front of in front of Lucha's you know, home crowd and in front of his family and friends and, and a lot of our sponsors. So, um, yeah, enjoy going to WA and then to to have the season we had over there is, is really cool and it's hard to do, but, yeah, really happy happy with the our form over there. Where did your motor racing start? Uh, Alice Springs. <laughs> um, obviously, my dad raced spring cars um, when I was younger and, and – Naturally, you just want to race them. But uh, I started racing go-karts in Alice Springs at at the age of seven and and basically from then on just did that about every weekend I could do it and um, lived and breathed racing cars and and was fortunate enough at at 16 I got the opportunity to race a sprint car. And you took it with both hands. (laughs) You have to, mate. Um, (laughs) You know, it's one of those sports that if you don't and you don't put everything you've got into it, uh, you're getting eat, eaten up pretty quick. And uh, I was fortunate enough that, that I got picked up um, by Dan Morton quite early. I was about 17, 18 by that stage. So fortunate enough that that, that happened and um, didn't have to rely on, on family funding because it, it really wasn't there as much as we needed it to be to, to race a lot. So... Yeah, it was fortunate enough that he picked us up and, and we've just been doing it ever since. What is, what, what's the feeling like? You've won so many big races and, and, you know, you go to the classic success there. You had success at, you know, just about every title that you've, you've put your mind to, you've now got in the, uh, in the kit bag, as it were. Or yeah, in Australia, uh, particularly. Yeah, it's, it's, I guess right now it doesn't, it doesn't hit you that hard, but you, you get moments where I sit down and and it's quite humbling to think to think what we've achieved and um, you know where where we, where this life's taken me and um, I just I just I'm a big race fan. I just enjoy racing and and love the challenge of it and love the intensity of it and and to have been as successful as we are is is incredible. Um, never thought at the age of 16 when I started in Alice Springs that it'd take me to where I've been and, and what I've achieved. And um, like I said, it's one of those sports that you can't take anything for granted. You've, you've got to celebrate your wins every time you get them. And um, yeah, we've just been having a really good time doing it. It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty pretty surreal really, to be honest with you. So where did the relationship with Luch and Monty Motorsport start? <laughs> funny, funny story. I was actually... Uh, 16 in, in Darwin and, and first met Luch and um, and Buzzy and, and that whole Monty Motorsport crew and, and we actually were, were working out of Benny Atkinson's shop together and he told me as I was 16 that I'll drive for him one day and I was, you know, yeah, whatever I wish sort of deal and uh, he actually offered me money to shave my hair. At that time I had long hair and I looked a bit ridiculous but yeah, he offered me money to shave my hair and didn't do it and yeah, at the end of the day, in in a full circle, I, I guess about 14, 13, 14 years later, we've well, probably less than that, but yeah, around that time, we've ended up driving for him. So 
it's uh, you know, Luch is, is a great guy and and has done so much for the sport and been around for so long and had so many so many good drivers in the car. It's really is an honour to to drive his car and um, he's. I think he's just as passionate now for the sport as he was, you know, twenty years ago. So he's he's a big asset for Australian Speedway and um, to. Yeah, to have the opportunity to be in the 17 and then to be successful in it, it's been really cool. One of the things that I, I get a laugh at is you're talking about having to get a haircut. I was having a chat with Glenn Ravel from P1 Australia and he says, you do rock the Ned Kelly beard. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a bit of fun at the start and now it's sort of become a bit of a trademark. So uh, my, all my merchandise has got it and, and over in the States they they like it, so it's uh, something that I decided to keep for probably a couple of years, and it, it gets annoying when it's a bit hot, though. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about over in the States, you race for Casey Kane, not just Casey Kane Motorsport, you race Casey Kane's car, the car that he stepped out of. That's pretty big honour. Yeah, um, it's huge. I, I believe that KKR is probably one of, if not the best teams in the world right now. And obviously Brad Sweet's the World of Outlaws champion as, as my teammate. And um, Unfortunate situation that Casey had to get out of that car um, due to injury. And, and for me, it was a, you know, a lucky, a lucky break. And, um, you know, he could have rang a whole lot of other people and, and to get that phone call was, was pretty amazing. So, Tried to take the opportunity with both hands and, and um, yeah, still sit here today thinking, geez, I'm, I'm driving for KKR. That's, that's pretty crazy. I, like I said, I never thought I'd I'd be in that situation. And, um, yeah, he's he's just a really, really cool car owner to drive for and um, to be in his car. And, that, like I said, the 9 is such a famous car in America and, and the world. So to be involved with that team and... and have my name in that car is, is pretty surreal. How does that phone call come about? How does Casey Kane know to pick up the phone and, and call James McFadden? Uh, so we, we met, you know, a few years ago. Um, I'd had a really bad run at the Nationals with, with Bone Motors and with, the car was really fast uh, when I was driving for another team and we had a, a bad run with Bone Motors and, and, you know, misfortunate situations and I was actually out of at the pub having a beer by myself, just <laughs> drowning my sorrows, I'd guess. Um, and uh, he walked over and, and just started talking to me and, you know, thought I was doing a decent job and we, we got along really well and we, we stayed in contact and um, I'd driven his car once or twice after that just as, you know, to fill in when he was in NASCAR duties. Uh, and then obviously when he got hurt, um, he had sponsor obligations and um, I guess yeah I'd, I'd uh, was the first one on the on the phone list so it was it was pretty cool uh, we're, we're good mates so it's it's been a it's been a pretty cool ride since and you were back in that awkward position where you had to go across the around the world to run a couple of shows to kick off the world of outlaws this year and you leave was it Gator Weeks, I think uh, you mentioned to me, but uh, you left Lucia Speedway after two nights in second position in the World of Outlaws Championship. Yeah, we had um, obviously the Australian titles in, in Perth and I flew out the next day and um, landed for practice and 
was lucky enough to get a few laps of Volusia. If no one's, you know, sort of seen it or, or watched any races, it's it's huge. It's the fastest track on the calendar. It's you know, 130, 140 mile an hour speeds and um, a lot to to get used to. But yeah, we we were straight out of the gate. We were quick. We we quick time there at the All Star Show first show out and and ran two top fives with them and um, and then yeah, just had a solid a solid run. Ran a second there with the outlaws and um, come from the back a few times to run in the top 10. So like I said, uh, just really good to hit the ground running. We, we sort of finished the season in the nine really strong and um, to start the season sort of with that same sort of pace is, is really good for my confidence and, you know, really fun for the team. And then coming straight back here, as we mentioned at the top and, and winding or closing out, I should say, the World Series sprint cars just makes for makes all that travel worthwhile. Yeah, at the time I didn't think it was that great. I was I was pretty wore out, but um, yeah, we we basically flew straight from Florida, um, Florida to to Melbourne, Melbourne to Perth, and then travelled from Perth to Esperance and raced the next night. So. It was busy, but um, had a good result at Esperance and Bunbury, and and then was able to to finish off the the year with World Series with a win and and the championship. So, yeah, definitely definitely a really good year for us in the Monte Car, and and a really good start to the year in the KKR nine. So, so far so good. It's been a it's been a pretty crazy you know nine or ten months for me at the moment, but um, you got to ride this wave as as much as you can. And I thought it was fantastic that. Uh just after the Quickie Boys shootout, you head down to, uh, what, Lucha's son's three-quarter midget yeah. and help give him some tips? Yeah, I was actually fortunate enough to be able to get a, a drive as well. So I'd never driven an Outlaw cart. And um, obviously growing up go-kart racing, it was it was cool to drive something, you know, along the lines of go-kart for for a bit of fun. Sometimes this, this racing can be, you know, stressful as, as it is a job and um, to be able to race stuff you know, with, a, with no stress and have a bit of fun and not really care what happens is really cool. But it's cool to see Luch so involved um, with his family racing and cool to see a, a Mont, another Monty name on the on the way up. So no doubt in the next 10 years we'll see, uh, hopefully 10 years, so i still got to ride, but um, hopefully we see, we see another Monty in the seat. Well... Five shows you've got left in the Australian season and uh, we'd certainly recommend everyone get out and see you there because it's uh, much better to watch it live than it is on a uh, screen when it's coming back in over the uh, internet. Yeah, yeah. it's, uh, it's Obviously, the screens don't do it justice. So it's always good to see all the fans out. And this year's been incredible with uh, World Series. I'm pretty sure every World Series show we've been to has been a, a packed house. So... I think the fan following the product we have is, is really cool in Speedway at the moment and hopefully it can just get bigger and bigger and um, like I said, I really enjoy seeing everybody at the track and um, hopefully we see some people there in the, the next five or six races. Well, thanks very much, James McFadden. All the best with the, the rest of this Australian season and then, of course, that big season in the world of outlaws coming up over our winter. It's uh, going to be fascinating to see how it all pans out. Yeah, um I'm pretty interested too, but yeah, thanks, mate. Appreciate you having me on the show. Well, as we rack up our Australian champions on this week's show, Darren Kane, last Saturday night, 
also took victory in another Australian Championship. Darren, congratulations. Uh, what was the number now for Super Sedans? Uh, that was number four. Two late models and, and four of the uh, Super Sedans. What was it like the night? Uh, did you just find everything fell into place? The track was working to your uh, to your favour or... Uh, did you just have to drive through ill-handling car and the track running up? Yeah. No, we actually we actually had a really good car all weekend. Like the, the, the track record and our speed-wise was really quick. And But in the feature, like, um, the track had actually changed a fair bit. We, um, I freed the car because I thought it was going to be fairly grippy and it was actually a bit loose, but um, we had enough there to sort of get the job done. Darren, congratulations. A, a great achievement. Um, you are setting the benchmark here for sedan racing, be it late models or super sedans. Darren, what do you put down your success to? Obviously, I've uh, been doing it for a long time now, Dennis. You know, like uh, I think it's probably close to 30 years and, uh, you know, having good equipment um, and, and a good team, you know, we've had the right people behind, and that's what it's all about in racing. You've got to have the right people behind you. And uh, I think a lot of it's just, um, you know, the, the more you do it and the longer you do it, you seem to learn a lot, and um, sometimes it pays off. Darren, I remember when you um, made the breakthrough at the Lismore Speedway, which is a pretty difficult track to drive. Did, did that kind of uh, thought, well, if I can win it on a track as tight and as round as Lismore, maybe I've got a chance of picking up a few more along the way? Yeah, I've always, because uh, like, Lismore is the same momentum-type tracks. I'm always, I like the, the momentum-type tracks because you can carry a lot of speed and a lot easier to pass and, um, you know, especially a little bit bumpy. I just... Um, I just sort of grown up around those sort of tracks when I lived in Tasmania where in the day they were really heavy, rough sort of clay tracks and um, I just I just enjoy that up-in-the-wheel sort of racing. Ian Butcher Race Pass has played um, no small part in your career, Darren, and um, you've always, as you said, always had top equipment through through their particular operations. Yeah, for sure, mate. I've, I've actually been part of these guys for 20 years now, and uh, I've raced for Ian for probably, oh, I'm guessing, 12, 13 years maybe. And, uh, yeah, that's been the biggest thing. You know, like I've obviously been the house driver. We've had, I've had to be the, the test test driver, I suppose, and a lot of times, you know, we'll go through periods where we're probably not, not as successful as we'd like to be, but that's because you're still trying things and getting things good, and when you get them right, you know, you come out on top. Do you feel that gave you any sort of an advantage there, Darren? Because you, as you just said, you, you were the test driver, so you could iron out the faults if there were any. Um, yep. What kind of it, do you feel that was any kind of an advantage you took into a national title or any major sedan, be it late model or super sedan? Oh, the, the biggest problem probably been it's been a disadvantage the last couple of years because we, we built this new car um, this season. It's like what they call the Gen 5, and... Um, Mate, I've spent, um, we've done 10 shows and uh, uh, the first 10 shows have been development with this car and uh, it's only the last three or four shows that I felt like we're in that happy place in the window that, that suits me and um, we, then it's all sort of come come on board and started to come good in the last four shows. What was the thing you were trying to overcome early in the year? Oh, with these cars, they're so technical. We started off the first two shows we ran, we had, was, was actually four bar. And um, those first two shows in a new car, we still finished second both those shows, but um, Matt Pascoe won 
I think it was Queen Grand Title and, and uh, the next local show. So we went to Tasmania, then we put a different suspension in it. Um, and we sort of met halfway with the suspension and uh, all of a sudden it just the car just come alive the last three or four shows. And uh, I actually felt like I, I, I did, you know, three or four years ago. Darren, what's the big difference between a late model and a super sedan apart from where you sit in the car? Do you have to adjust anything in your driving style? And as I said, what what is the real difference in these two types of cars? To be, I've actually never, when I jump from one side to the other, I've never noticed a lot in the driving side of it because you still drive the same way regardless of what they actually do. Um, but I, I did notice that um, like the late model has an aluminium motor in it and where it sits over the front end, the, the car itself, um, it, it's a very particular point makes the cars better with a, the aluminium motor in it and the super sedan is probably three to four hundred pound lighter, uh, three to four hundred pound heavier. So that that makes a big difference to the car and the late models probably got another on the hundred to one hundred and fifty horsepower more. So it definitely makes some difference to drive. Without putting you on the spot, Darren, is there any preference or you just obviously love them both? <laughs> oh, I've, I've my super sedans have been part of my career for my whole, you know, like for 30 years now, and that's what I really, really enjoy. But the late models are one of the greatest things to drive, but to me, I find them very expensive. Um, and to run at the front, you, you, they're obviously a lot lot more expensive than, than what a super is, but um, yeah, it's sort of hard, mate. Like, I'm a, I'm a driver that I just drive anything, and, and I like to drive both types of cars, so it's actually a, a massive thing. But, um, yeah, like I can't really separate them the way. Like, every time I go good in the Super, I love the Supers more. And if I have a great show in the late model, then I sort of seem to sway that way. But, um, yeah, I, I enjoy that. One, one final question for me, Darren. Um, a few years ago, you had a run in a midget. Do you, do you ever see yourself uh, looking in that area in future years? Ah, I'm too old now, mate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too I, too I, old, Darren. Yeah, I, I actually enjoyed them because I found them. I felt they felt like a bit like a super. They were very free on the right rear, um, and but you know a lot of the younger guys coming through these days, you, you've got to be able to put all on the line in a um, in those little midgets, and when you end upside down, you can get hurt. Where the the super, like I've got a bit of support around me, mate. If I have a big crash and the thing, I can get out of them all right. It's always when the track gets ruddy, the midget compared That's to a exactly spring car right. or, or a super. The right rear, by comparison, is so small that you do yep. fall and rip into the rut, and even a in yep. a small rut, just you know, it can, it can turn you on your head without too much trouble. Whereas we always oh, yeah. we always used to say, you guys with those big tires, you have it easy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's the other difference between a, a super and a late model. Like the late models run smaller tires, so when you hit bumps, like you can really feel how aggressive we're we're our super. They ride over the bump like a sprint car. And a lot better on the rough, rough stuff. What is the rest of the season going to look like? Obviously, the cars off at the uh, sticker shop, getting some new numbers on it. Yep, yep. So, what ha- what's we, the rest of the season? <laughs> uh, we're hoping to head. I've got I've got to run this weekend at um, uh, King Roy with a late model, just a, a local show. Then we, we're going to head off and do the New South Wales Super Sedan title. Uh, I think we've got the Supes and 50 lap at Moama, and there's also a USC late model show um, in Toowoomba in a fortnight's time. So we've probably still got another 15 shows to do 
and you know, Matt Pascoe's uh, Dad's Memorial Race. Uh, there's plenty of racing for us, and um, you know, now that I've, I've found you know have a sweet spot for the car, I'm actually looking forward to the rest of the season. Super. It's been a pleasure catching up with you here today on Inside Speedway, and we wish you all the best for Kingaroy. Gee, hasn't Kingaroy been putting on some great meetings lately? Yeah, Kingaroy's a great, great club run track, and, and um, you know the, the, yeah, they treat all the competitors so well and. Oh, it's probably one of my favourite tracks to race because it's just um, doesn't matter what track condition you end up three wide, hooky, slick. I don't know what it is about the place, but man, it brings them good racing. Uh, well done, Darren. Thanks very much. Well, Dennis, last week you were part of uh, a very special ceremony honouring one of the great speed car drivers of, uh, well, any generation in Jeff Freeman. You know, Craig, it was probably one of the best um, ceremonies or presentations I have ever been to. And uh, full credit goes to the Wallara Municipal Council for initiating this. Uh, Now, for the benefit of the listeners who may not be aware, a plaque was laid in the footpath in Glenmore Road, Paddington, uh, outside of the residential address of the late, great uh, speedcar champion, Jeff Freeman. Now, uh, the, the whole process took over two years to put in place, but a lot of credit must go to a race fan enthusiast by the name of Ron Gould, who, who initially got the ball rolling going way back in time. And, of course, as time went on, um, it, it was, it was, um, I was contacted and, and so it went from there. Um, it was great to see some distant relatives, uh, of some cousins of Jeff who were in attendance. And um, it, the, the, the ceremony was uh, done with great dignity and respect. And uh, the Wallara Municipal Council Mayor uh, spoke, Susan Wynn, did a splendid job. And uh, the Parks Committee representation uh, with Vice Boseman Anthony Morano. And the, the day was magnificent. And what made it special, um, it was 55 years to the day that uh, Jeff Freeman drove his greatest race, his greatest win, was the Australian Speed Car Grand Prix on March 6, 1965. And to, to add to the day, the restored car that's now owned by Rod Bowen was there. Mackay off in number 75 and of course the Australian Speedcar Grand Prix race. so it made it a very very touching, a very emotional day a very special day and a day that uh, it just goes to show, Craig the attendance was according to council people after told me it was the biggest attendance that they've ever had for one of these spark ceremonies now they're doing, I believe, 20 in total of identities in that area of Sydney who achieved in any career endeavour. And um, the Speedway firstly to be nominated to be accepted, and they had a lot of nominations in the beginning. So that's a great thing in itself. Speedway is recognised. Certainly, especially, even more so for Jeff. Uh, his late mother, Maitre, and family to, to be honoured in this way. Um, so it was a great day for Speedway, Craig. It really was. And the attendance typifies 
that 55 years later, we still remember the late great Jeff Green. Yeah, it was a, uh, the photos I saw looked fantastic. Denison, I must uh, say, all the reports said you did a wonderful job as well. It uh, was, you know, great to see everyone come together like that and come together in a very positive way. And that's always something that can't be guaranteed at a speed car function. I uh, <laughs> know that from experience. Dennis, great to have talked with you that's again. That's great. Craig, that's another story for another time. Perhaps, perhaps <laughs> another book. <laughs> another book. <laughs> but great to have you back on the show this week, Dennis, and we're looking forward to doing it all again next week on Inside Speedway. Yep, thank you very much, Craig. Yes, but uh, I'll be there. <laughs> Tune in next week for more on Inside Speedway. Inside Speedway is produced by Thunder Media. Any reproduction, accounts, or descriptions of the program without written permission from Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Inside Speedway is brought to you by P1 Australia and by Speedway Classics Magazine, on sale now.